And welcome, boys and girls. Gather around the campfire. It's time for another episode of Protein Ramblings. It's myself. It's Nero. It's Naomi. Good evening. It's Mark. Hello. And we're back with more tales from the dungeons of dragons. Dungeons, dungeons of and dragons. dragons. <laughs> the dungeons of the dragons. There was a dungeon some and of the, the dragons. Some of the dungeons yes. belong to dragons, yeah. This is true. But yes, we're back. Another three episodes of Dungeons and Dragons to go through. I'm enjoying this way more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that it's really fun to watch it and think about what you have to roll to do the things that they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm definitely getting into the nerdiness of it actually now because I'm a DM as well. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah. There's definitely a kind of like I'm putting, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to place D&D mechanics on top of this cartoon. <laughs> Like, yeah. could Diana really well, like, do Ga- that? Really? Yeah, Gary Gygax did, like, co-producer or something, so I can imagine he was a bit fastidious about yeah. it. Like, oh, no, no. <laughs> like, I- I'm amazed that uh, Hank pulls off quite the amount of shots that he does with his bow, because they are some yeah. crazy high DC rolls to do. He's got some high decks. And as we'll come on to it, for some reason, his arrows can also for- be used as mode of transport. Yeah, I did wonder whether, whether Hank is a ranger or, like, a warlock or spellcaster do- of some sort. And the bow is just his, like, yeah. um, I forgot what it's called, but it's like a totally what he channels yeah, like his yeah. spells from. But I mean, they, Dungeon oh, God, Master what they specifically called, uh, calls him a ranger. I think yeah. he's in credits, doesn't what are they, he? What are mm. they? Um, they're called a. Uh, Wavy sticks? No, no, no. They're, they're like a. a, a fe- no, a fiend, not a, a fetish. Fiend. Fetish, that's mm. what I was looking for, a fetish. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, and it was a, fair, a, I never, I never played word. the version of Dungeon Dragons from 1984 or whatever no. it was. So. <laughs> it did make it me. It still works to modern. Oh yeah, definitely. But it did make me wonder. I wonder what it'd be like to go back and play original rule set D and D. People still do it, I think. Probably. I think, I I think like was it second edition got really slammed for being shit. Yeah. Um. Three so. point three point five e was amazing. Yeah, that was the last big multi what decade long. Yeah. One. Four. Be a four uh, this is really nerdy side effect. There's going to be a five point five soon. They reckon oh, okay. as well. Interesting. Because um, yeah, I know well, four got cauldron basically is is five point five. Four got slammed for not being yeah. great and then five is actually pretty good anyway yeah watch talk about dnd i'm sure this will creep in throughout the episodes but let's kick it off with episode four just tailor made for, for, oh, for Naomi. this is my episode yeah. <laughs> um so we open in a very evil forest the, the trees have demonic faces everything's very dark and looming and gloomy and we see a I don't know if it's a black or a blue unicorn. It's a metal as fuck it's like a unicorn. It's cobalt <laughs> unicorn. It the same. Yeah, like a, like a, a nightmare yeah, blue. Yeah, with the, with the like. white silvery mane and tail. This unicorn is drinking from a pond and we hear howling start up in the distance and suddenly a wolf pack surrounds the unicorn. The Some of the imagery in... I remember now, D&D used to... Like, the cartoon used to scare me as a kid. The animation <laughs> is excellent. It's yes. amazing. It's really visceral. Like, the wolves the charging it. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. So we see the wolf packs around the unicorn, and then we cut to... We cut from this unicorn straight to... Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we, we cut straight from this unicorn to... Uni- Kevin Nash running um, after a unicorn. fucking hilarious. <laughs> And Uni is freaking out. She's she's bleating, she's panicking, and everyone's like, what's wrong with Uni? And Eric is emptying right with stones out of his boot, and he's very dismissive <laughs> of this. He's like, she's scared of her own shadow, ignore her. We then we see the party is then 
they're in what looks like a different forest. It's much more kind of elven glade. It's nice and green and verdant. <laughs> they're basically in the uptown part of this yeah. forest. <laughs> <same> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we hear the what we presume to be the other unicorn name. The ruckus coming from Moss side. Off screen. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Uni runs off towards the sound, so the party chase after her. What's the shitty part of Cambridge? Arbury. Arbury, Arbury. yes. Yeah, so like they've, they've gone chasing into the Arbury. <laughs> uh, and we cut <laughs> the to... the of the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> we, we then cut back to a canyon. I thought it was kind of a cave slash canyon. It was uh, definitely a canyon. It was some kind of it's, rocky it's system. It's definitely, yeah. yeah. And and the the big metal unicorn is fighting off the wolves. Uh, and it is we fucking see, kicking it ass. It really is. It's it's, it really like is. But I want to point them, out, them. it doesn't need to. It could just teleport away. Well, it can only do it, 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 can only do it once a day, so, you know. <laughs> we'll come back to this, because this really mm. irritated me. Twice it really irritated me, in fact. Yeah, but it was just showing them what they deserved, you know what I mean? I suppose, it was yeah. It's like, I, guess, everything. I guess if you could take out a pack of wolves, why wouldn't you? Anyway, while this is going on, we see... I mean, I, I assumed from his appearance he was a wizard. We don't find out he's a wizard until a bit later. He's got the so long white beard. Yeah, he has got wizard all robe. the wizard yeah. trappings. And he is riding a wolf. <laughs> Which is bad. In, in full, <laughs> like, badass. horse harness yeah. as well. Yeah. It reminded weird. me kind of the wargs from uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Uh, and he's commanding the other wolves. And while he's doing this, we see Uni roll in from off screen and she trips on a rock and he literally rolls wheels, in. <laughs> yeah, into the back of the wolf that the wizard is riding. So he sees her and tries to grab her, but she mm. flees. Um, and then the party appear and the wizard kind of ducks out before they can see him. So they're there to come to the aid of the metal unicorn. Bobby uses his club to create a smaller canyon within the canyon, yeah. which some of the wolves drop canyon into. Canyonception. Sub-canyon, <laughs> yes. And then Hank and Diana use their weapons against it's the wolves. It's a nested loop of canyons. It's just canyons all the way down. <laughs> and at the bottom there's monster mine corpses. <laughs> if canyon, then canyon, else canyon. <laughs> Presto pulls a baked ham from his hat and he uses that to distract some of the wolves. And while this is all going on, the wizard is just observing creepily from within the bushes. <laughs> My note literally says, wizard creeps in bushes. Yeah, that's yeah. Really he's like what breathing he does. heavily and he parts. The yeah, and, and he's like, oh, this is, this this is, is even, even better than I planned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> while the party is busy fighting, a wolf snatches Uni away. She's cowering under the unicorn. She's trying to be brave. She's mm. putting on a bit of a stand, but then the wolf just snatches her and runs off. At this point, the wolves surround the black unicorn completely, at which point it teleports itself out of reach up a cliff, which presumably it could have done at any point. But only once a day. But that's enough. Yeah, In this instance, he could have just been like, I'm he out. He waited for the clutch moment where he had no other option. He waited until yeah, the other no, unicorn was, had been taken. He was just owning them because he he, he didn't even TP that far away. He <laughs> just went true. to the top of the cliff to look down on them. Like, be dramatic. It would have been yeah. great yeah. if he'd have TP'd up there and then just jumped back down like elbow drop. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like drop mankind in the cage. Helen. My God, he's broken in half. Uni, we see, is being carried off by the wizard, and she tries to teleport away from him, but she only makes it to the back of the wolf behind yeah, the wizard. Basically, arm's length. Yeah, and as he points out, she's too young to have learned to use her powers properly, and she never will. Yeah, she won't get the chance. Dun, dun, dun. Which, to me, highly implied that he was just going to kill you. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I assumed. Yeah. This yeah. is a terrifying start to the episode. <laughs> it's like For a baby sure. unicorn is being threatened by an evil old man. There's a lot of symbolism in there. We, we go back to the party and the wolves are surrounded, but then they are called away by the wizard and everyone just insults Eric. They just take a moment out of their day to bitch at Eric. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve this because, you know, he is, he is a snarky bastard and he's 
He's not Tone that deaf bad. and rude. He's selfish. He's always like, fuck Dungeon Master, fuck uni, fuck whoever's I mean, no, I, I get behind the fuck Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master is uh, totally. a tricksty little yeah. dwarven But the party, especially face. Diana. In fact, Diana is really ruthless with Eric all the time. Shows press, though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fresh though. I don't know if there's a bit In fact, in episode her. three, we'll talk about it in episode oh, three. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like they really mean to him. At this point, they realize Uni is gone. Uh, and Hank thinks the wolves are chasing her into the forest. And he actually does a bit of tracking. He's like, oh, they went this way. I can tell with my ranger skills. So they head off after her. And we then see the wolves and the wizard trekking across this very desolate plain with lots of thorny bushes everywhere. And the wizard at this point tells Uni that unicorns can only teleport once a day. You're missing the point. The wizard is traveling through these and parting this thorny under thicket. Like he's Moses parting the Red Sea <laughs> as he right. travels. Yeah. At this point, I deduce that he was a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, this is a spell in current <laughs> D&D. I can't remember what oh, it's cool. called. But, yeah. uh, and he, he notes that the party is following him as he had hoped. So we see the party kind of at the at the bush sea, the thorny bush sea. And Eric is refusing to call through the thorny bushes. And Bobby is kind of ready to throw it down because he's got to get to uni. And then Dungeon Master appears. And he tells them... The, okay, so... <laughs> The he first time I watched this, like he's a French king, he's on a very Chagons. yeah. He's like mm. lounging on a bed of thorns. He's very coy and <laughs> weird about it. So he appears in a, in a seductive manner on the thorns, and he tells them about this wizard. And the first time I watched it, I definitely heard him say the wizard was called Cac. And I know it's not. I know it's Kellig or Kellig, but he's just Cac throughout my notes. So okay, we can stick um, with that. Yeah. So he tells them the wizard is called Cac, and he warns them against him. Uh, Eric starts taking notes at this point because he's determined not to be like baffled by Dungeon Master's rules. Where did he get a circles. notebook on it, him? This is so yeah. meta, right? Through the ride. <laughs> it's so meta. It's like, yes, you have to take notes what your DM says. He went yeah. to the fair with a notebook, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, where I did can he... appreciate that. I, don't, I mean, Presto could have magic up for him. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Dungeon Master tells him that the metal unicorn is called Silvermane and he's the leader of the last unicorn herd. Silvermane! <laughs> it's, it's a metal name for a metal <laughs> It really unicorn. is. And his parting words are, the fate of one is shared by all. And then he's DM out. Hank has come up with a plan to get through the thorns. And we have, again, a little bit of egregious bullying of Eric where, you know, the whole party is just looking at him with this kind of knowing smug look while he tries to figure out what the joke is. And what they do is they make him plow through the field of thorns with his shield, like basically using it like a snowplow. That was the look... They looked at him like they just slipped a Mickey in his drink. <laughs> I'm gonna, just like, I'm we're going to have some fun with that. you in a bit, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're closing in on Cac. He's aware of them, but they don't realize that. It's I know, I know, but I wrote Cac the first time and then I kept writing Cac. <laughs> this is a flipping situation. <laughs> now you know how it feels. <laughs> they even, they're even like, oh, I don't, th- don't think he saw us. And he's yeah. like, the young fools. Yes. <laughs> So Cac parts the thorns and uh, summons a castle, basically. I don't have any other way to explain this. He he calls so, out and a castle just rises this, from the earth. This is uh, the thing that I've got in our campaign. The It's like an instant castle well, the in a box. Instant fort, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like I have this magical item which at any point you can, I can turn and it's like an instant pop-up full nice. battlement castle, which I'm tr- planning to use offensively. My my plan is I want to Obviously. make sure I swallow it because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It's a really cool castle, though. It's like yeah, got it's animal. It starts off rising goth. like animal totem poles mm. first as well, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it comes a super goth like yeah. construct. Very cool. So he heads inside with Uni, uh, and inside we see this multi-armed idol, and it very much looks like Kak is going to sacrifice Uni. She's kind of pinned down with magical chains, and he tells her that he's going to take her teleportation powers. He's going to add her magic to his. Mm. He's yeah, the her- idols. The idols got like unicorn horns in almost yeah. all of its hands, but it's got like three or four empty hands. Yeah, and uh, 
Uni is tied down like proper spread eagled. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really distressing. It's not even it's as harrowing as it gets. <laughs> no. No. Uh, meanwhile, we see the party have somehow crept into an upper level and they're like in an, an alcove high up in the castle wall. How did they get up there? Look, you don't need yeah. to know. They they roll successfully. Okay. Yeah, they roll really good climbing. <laughs> so they're watching this from this vantage point, which is actually not a good vantage point because it doesn't help them help uni because no. they have to like they say oh we're gonna have to go back down and go in to get to her <laughs> we see cack summon a, a blueing a, spirit a bomb a blueing it's a spirit a blowing bomb. blue disc it, it's goku's <laughs> fucking spirit yeah. bomb he's just like Aah. and this is the point where um, i was expecting this to go for like five episodes <laughs> <laughs> and this is the point where the party are like oh shit we have to get down and go back inside a <laughs> little bit late yeah, yeah he it does is at some late. point say like he's doing this like the power of teleportation will somehow make him stronger yeah than it's like it yeah. will make him it's like the he control the, of all matter or something yeah, like that he well he's absolute control of matter uh, it's not gonna, i control all of all control of all matter it's more that it gives him control over matter so yeah, if, in general if Venger annoys him he can just teleport him away or teleport away like that's a long him. way to go just to beat one guy <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah control of all matter <laughs> so the, the party kind of rush in at this point and Kak very easily deals with them by using magic to freeze them in place and we see they're kind of coated in some sort of diamond or ice-like substance it's um, almost more like resin because it's kind of yellowy. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. The but, interior of the castle is like something out of Aliens as yeah. well. Like the background <laughs> yeah. paintwork is like all weird. Well, even the alcove that they come in through yeah. is yeah, kind like of hive-like. bone ship yeah. hive type it's thing. It's very yeah. cool. It reminds me of the kind of art you'd get on like 80s metal magazines and things like that. I mean, that is d yeah, exactly. in a nutshell, basically. <laughs> so Kak then uses the light of this disc and it bounces off Uni's horn and then feeds into the idol. And we see Uni's horn actually vanish and reappear in one of the idol's hand, and she becomes grey and sad. She like loses all her colour, and she's weak and can't stand up. And it's just, oh, it's so sad. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting less unicorn flashbacks. Yeah, she immediately kind of wilts. Yeah, that's the best way I can describe it. It's like you just yeah. she just got hit with like a year's worth of depression in one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, at this point, Cat goes off and he he grabs an amulet and declares he's off to find the Valley of the Unicorns to get the last horns and. We cut to Bobby's. Bobby's frozen in the spell, but we can see he's crying as he observes all this, and he starts to to break out of the spell. I don't know if we find out later that this was Cack's plan all along, was to actually get the party to lead him to the valley. It's a bit convoluted, so I'm wondering if the spell was always meant to fail. It seems like that's the way. It's like a freeze spell, right? Almost. I think it's defrosting, effectively. Although uh, they they really fuck around. Again, they fuck around with Eric. In the the middle of all this peril, they take the time, like, so the rest of the team break free, but they take the time to poke from Eric and be like, oh, maybe (laughs) we won't let him out. He's being quiet. It's great. (laughs) So Bobby breaks free of the spell, and he charges towards this idol ready to smash it with his club and at this point Hank breaks free and stops him he, he calls out to him I think he does he use his bow to, to knock him out of the way uh, no, no Bobby, the Bobby idol hit, repels him yeah hits Bobby the hits idol. the idol and it's, it's basically got a force field shielded yeah so yeah. he bounces off um, yeah at this point everyone else is breaking free apart from Eric so yeah they take some time to pick on Eric Oh, and then man. they There's hear a bit in here where Uni's like crawling along the floor. She's like crawling it's to Bobby, harrowing. crying. Yeah. Oh my god! Like my legs don't work, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> type thing. Just, Jesus Christ! So while they're bragging on Eric, they hear a noise within the castle, and they follow this, and they find a, a bunch of other well, hornless we get, unicorns. We just get a smash up. cut to the lock of a jail cell. Like, it's just like zoomed <laughs> in on the lock. It made me chuckle. But yeah, there's a load of other depressed unicorns yeah. or former <laughs> or unicorns yeah. Yeah. depressed so horses, horses. Yeah. <laughs> are all horses just depressed unicorns it's a knacker's yard basically 
<laughs> is that is that what is that our is that our reality? Just you think all horses, horses kind of look at unicorns the way we look at supermodels? No, no. I'm just thinking. What what if like before you know in a previous or are we era, saying that horses are a devolution of unicorns? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm happy in, with that. in you know in epochs gone by in the in the in the eras of Cthulhu, maybe horses were <laughs> unicorns. Yeah, and now they've got no horns and they're sad, and we make them race and we whip them. Yeah, it's actually it's a really sad life. Anyway, the party at this point decide they should go to the Valley of the Unicorns to warn the others, the remaining unicorns, about Cag. Uh, but Bobby doesn't want to leave without helping Uni. And Sheila says this actually may be the way to help him. And Hank reminds him of the Dungeon Master's words that the fate of one is shared by all. So the hornless unicorns lead the party to the valley. And we see the wolves and Cag watching as the party traverse this rocky bridge. And this is the point where we find out, I think, that Cag's plan all along was that the gang would break his spell, find the unicorns in his castle and decide to go back to the valley to warn the other unicorns, and he could follow them because he doesn't know how to find the valley himself. It's pretty solid It's convoluted. Why didn't he just free a sad unicorn and follow it home? That would have been quicker. Yeah, okay. (laughs) He could have done that. We can't can't analyze these things too closely. (laughs) Anyway, they they cross this bridge and they come to this rainbow waterfall, and the waters part to let them through. And through the cave under the waterfall, we see this beautiful pasture, this verdant valley. And this is, of course, the Valley of the Unicorns and Uni races off to to greet the other unicorns. <laughs> I was wondering if Uni's parents were going to be here. We don't really know anything about her family. Oh. They might be dead. They're dead. She's we very, don't know Silverman definitely an orphan. The father. Yeah. He's the father. He's the only male unicorn we Yeah, see. maybe he is. Maybe it's like an alpha situation. Yeah. He's pretty fucking metal. He's probably got a harem. I think horses do harem. Harem or whatever Yeah, I think harem. stallions. Um, yeah, they're pretty ballsy. Anyway. They're more penisy than ballsy. Like they're kind of <laughs> they're, I just thought of a horrible story. I'm not going to tell it. Tell it. Tell it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't, no, you can't okay. bury the lead like sexual encounter name. No, no, no. This is not the format. Okay, so very briefly, up until a few years ago, it was not illegal to have sex with an animal in Washington State. Oh, and one day, this guy was found dumped outside a hospital. The security camera saw the car drop him off and drive away. And he oh. was dead of massive anal trauma. And... They were able to track the car's number plate back to a farm. And it turned out the people at this farm just went and fucking had sex with horses. They Why? took drugs to loosen themselves up. They had sex with horses and then they just messed around with each other. Mm. And, and this after horse, that, this horse was just too much to handle. <laughs> after that, it was made illegal to have sex with animals in Washington State. Wow. This was only a few years ago. So there's, a, there's something you know now. Yep. Thanks. Wait, is it also illegal for animals to have sex with you? Um, I assume so. <laughs> that's that's still okay. That's just yeah. out if they the instigate pool. it, it's fine. Yeah. Anyway, we see Silvermane kind of enraged, uh, and Sheila realizes that he's heard wolf howls, and that's what. Yeah, because the party thing that that he's angry yeah, with them exactly, for yeah. showing up, which you know, fair. And we see Cat looming with his wolves. He uses his magic to ensnare the last three horned unicorns. Hank tries to attack him with his bow, but Cack kind of multitasks and he uses part of his magic to break up a massive boulder and drop rocks on the party. And Eric uses his shield. He does the Lexor, the shield yeah, turn, the, the sword repel. He, it's a good uh, job they him. let him go, isn't it? I know. Mm. <laughs> so we, we see the party being buried under rocks and Cack airlifts the unicorns out of the valley. They give, they give Eric more shade here. They as, really yeah. do. Like, he as, saves them. As they're coming out, they're like, Oh, who would have thought Eric could be yeah. brave? Because oh, we've yeah. talked before in yes. other episodes as well. Yeah. And they just leave him buried under yeah. this pile of rubble, supporting we, up while they're taking yeah. the piss out we of him. We see Uni kind of approach this pile of rubble, panicking, and then we hear Bobby being like, it's okay, Uni, we're safe. And he crawls out, and he's like, you wouldn't believe who saved us. It was Eric, who'd have thought? And then Dungeon Master reappears and is like, why is that funny? And as, as they all come out, 
it's obvious that Eric is still in there. He calls out to Diana and we, we see him just, he's still in there with his shield over his head, holding off the rockfall. Yeah. And they're all like, hilarious, Eric, whatever. And, but as Dungeon Master appears, this is when he kind of shares his riddle of the day. <laughs> Which uh, second riddle of the day? Yeah, which is uh, was it like your your biggest foe? Sometimes your... your worst enemy can be your strongest ally. Yeah, I swear that's not a saying. No, no, I don't that's, think that's it is. not a good lesson <laughs> to take. I mean, maybe away. No. in this world, I don't know. I mean, we have to assume that the party eventually help Eric out from under the rockfall because we then see them and a few of the unicorns are heading back to Cac's castle. And Presto remarks that Cac is now going to be even stronger than Venger, or will eventually be even stronger than Venger. And this gives him an idea. He recalls Dungeon Master's words and decides he needs to summon Venger to help them. His spell kind of works. It it brings him to it brings him and Venger together. It takes him to Venger's castle because Venger's very like, pissed about it. What have we here? Well, Venger's like, you have intruded on my castle. The prize is death. he's about to say death. And he's like, no, Venger, Venger, let's talk, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I love Venger. Is like, okay, sure, tell me what's going on. Well, as soon as he mentions Kalik's name, mm -hmm. he's like, tell me more. Yeah, I swear, Venger's initial reaction is like, he almost says that he's going to sentence him to death. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. like, I sentence you to, and Presto's like, no, 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 it's no, very hard to hide. But I mean, also based on other episodes we watched today, it could be I sentence you to hard labor with dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, my my note here just says Venger is fabulous. He is. My, he really my is. My notes say Presto rolls a nat 20 on persuasion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he does. We then go back to Cax's castle and we see him taking the horns from the last unicorns. And for some reason, he saved Silvermane for last because he's the most powerful. And he's about to take that when he hears a weird noise, which turns out to be... Eric blowing into his boot around a corner. He's literally going, ooh, <laughs> into his boot. So Kag does the stupid thing. He goes to investigate instead of finishing his spell, which is very nearly finished. And while he's doing that, Sheila uses her invisibility cloak to free Silvermane. And Kag finds Hank and Eric. Yep. He, uh, he blasts Hank's bow out of his hands. This kind of blows up the whole plan and Kag's wolves race in. At this point, Presto appears next to Eric and we see the wolves that are kind of flying through the air towards them become little cute puppies and they just tumble cutely yeah. to their feet and start attacking Eric's boot cutely. Eric thinks Presto have done this but Presto very casually is like, oh no, it wasn't me it was Venger. I brought him here so we have a wizard face off with Venger and Cac except Cac backs down immediately <laughs> when Venger is kind of like hello Cac and Cac's like, hello master, he really has to force it out of him and Venger decides he's going to have the horns and their power for himself but he can't get past the spell on the idol, so he has to order Cac to release it, and Cac then fakes out V and attacks him, and we get our wizard battle, during which the idol is smashed. During all this, the party can't flee because the unicorns are now too weak to run. Just going back to the, the battle, it's it's quite funny because Ven uh, Venger's like, Kalik, lower the shield. He's like, yes, master. He's like, Kalik, lower the shield. And he's like, no, the unicorns will be mine! <laughs> and, start, and like, Venger completely no-sells his attack. Completely. He's just like, whatevs, mate. And just blasts him <laughs> just back. Just blasts through then, it, yeah. Yeah, and then we just get, yeah, all laser fights all the it's time. It's like an old-fashioned blue magic, red magic. Yeah. Yeah. So Presto decides he's going to use his magic to fix the unicorn's horns, and he tries to summon them back to their heads but he just summons like trumpets like musical horns mm -hmm. and he's like oh it must take a lot more magic to put them back than to remove them and then eric refers to the notes he took from dungeon master <laughs> and thinks that just giving back one horn to one unicorn will do the trick because the fate of one is shared by all so presto tries again and he gives you at which point diana's immediate like oh look he look who's figuring yeah, it out look at this yeah. swat. oh my god 
<laughs> Diana fancies Eric. This is very much pulling your hair to get your attention kind of thing. And so yeah, so Presto gives Uni her horn back. And this does, in fact, restore the other horns. We see her horn is glowing and it radiates out to the other unicorns. And they are restored. <laughs> and in the distance, uh, they hear Cac screaming. <laughs> and we see that he's been captured in a, a bubble, which is sinking into the earth. Uh, and this triggers the whole castle to start sinking. So Venger does the natural thing. He attacks the unicorns. Hank vaults onto Silvermane's back. Doesn't ask him. I'm just going to point this out. It's rude. These are sentient beings. He just leaps onto his back and tells the others, get on the unicorns. They can teleport us out of here. Even though Silvermane has already teleported once today. We don't know. A day might have passed. I don't think so. What is a day? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> like, this, this is the problem with like, you know. What is a day? It's a long rest. <laughs> it's a long rest, damn it. That's what a day is. The thing is, the thing is... It, with all that, oh, it, oh, you know, it can only be done once a day. Is that between sun up and sun down? Is that every 24 hours, regardless of? I think every like, waking cycle. What is the definition <laughs> of a day when it comes to the, the spell? Obviously, mechanically, it's a Eight long rest. Eight hours long yeah. rest. <laughs> That's what it is. Anyway, the unicorns teleport everyone out, leaving Venger to just rage as the castle is sinking. And outside the castle, they, they watch it just disappear entirely. He doesn't just rage, he gets buried in rubble. He does. This is a recurring <laughs> theme in this episode. He doesn't have Eric to shield him, though. So they're, they're watching the castle collapse into the earth, and they're like, well, I guess that's the end of Cac and Venger. At which point we see the spirit of <laughs> no, Venger come point, swirling Hank, Hank out. Goes, nope. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, we see the spirit of Venger come swirling out of the castle, and we can rest assured that he will live to be fabulous another day. And then we're back in the valley, and the unicorns are frolicking. Uni is playing with them. She's really happy. Everyone's happy, apart from Bobby, because he's worried that Uni is going to stay behind with the other unicorns. Like, he is being a petulant little child. Oh, this is his best friend. I don't care. If you, you had a unicorn best friend, unicorn. you wouldn't give them up. <laughs> no, if, if your unicorn has to go back to its natural habitat and be with others of its kind, yes, that's the whole point. But you can still be sad about it. I love how Presto is like, oh, Uni, he's like, oh, Uni won't stay. Of course she won't stay, despite the fact that he did exactly the same thing as yeah. David Merlin, <laughs> like yes. in a couple previous yeah. episode. And uh, Sheila's telling Bobby that, you know, they they have to leave Uni behind with her own kind. Yeah. Uh, so we see the party leaving through the Rainbow Waterfall, and it really does look as if Uni isn't coming with them. Eric is being accosted by the wolf puppies, and we learn they're going to stay behind, because when they grow up, they'll make amazing guards for the valley. And it kind of looks like that's it. They're on their way. And then suddenly, Uni races through the waterfall, and we get our happy, lovey, adorable reunion with Bobby. The DM just, Dungeon Master just waves them off from behind the waterfall. I don't think they're even looking at him. He's no. just creepily, yeah. again, watching them from the That's waterfall. That's what he did in the last waterfall. There was an episode where he just watched on from the episode, speaking yeah. to himself, and yeah. no one was paying attention. Yeah. Sheila gets all teary, so fucking harrowed. Hank, all of Ma it. Hank <laughs> Max on Sheila at the end as well. He's like, pops he his arm around. Yeah. He's like, baby, come on, baby. Yeah. Oh, emotionally vulnerable. His radar's gone off. <laughs> yeah. His rape star. <laughs> hey, you're my daft. <laughs> yes, Jesus. They are, they are that like, was a seriously harrowing episode, though. Yeah, Ren Fair, Daphne finish. and Fred. Yes. <laughs> it was also the girls' episode. It's all about unicorns. Always going like unicorns. Silvermane, who's metal, had the metal yeah. as fuck unicorn. And did you see him being like all noble at the end? He was amazing. And the wolves and stuff. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. a lot of stuff for boys in this. And, I and don't know. I just think this was, this, this was Dun Dungeons and Dragons going, let's do something. The let's ladies. invoke the last unicorn. Yeah. Very sad. Very sad. Yeah. Then the last unicorn is a film Very for sad. Clunge. What? <laughs> don't, wow. Don't I will, talk not, about I will not abide by this gender stereotyping. <laughs> Boys can like unicorns too. Bobby is a boy. <laughs> Bobby's best friend is a unicorn. Can we not just, they're all just people. Come on, yeah. they can like what they like. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
Fucking hell. So yeah, we go into episode five, which is In Search of the Dungeon Master, <laughs> which is a completely wasted crusade in my yeah. opinion, because he, he's a fucking tool. Yeah. Weirdly in this one, I don't know why, maybe because I was paying more attention to it. I watched the opening credits with a bit more of a, a sharp eye and I noticed that maybe it actually sort of implies that it's the party's fault that Tiamat and Venger are fighting against each other. Okay. Because they, when they get all their weapons and they get together, Venger appears and then Eric uses his shield to bounce Venger's like magic to hit Tiamat. Ah. And at which point so, Tiamat's like, Rah. well, so actually, because I made a point while, when I was watching this to Naomi is because when they first tumble through into the in the intro it, like they're immediately attacked by Tiamat that's the first thing that happens yeah and they're like oh no look out and Dindra Master appears and goes don't worry here are some weapons which are fucking useless against Tiamat, <laughs> against Tiamat. Like, yeah. it's like you he's a dick from the offset it's like <laughs> here are some weapons that you can't defend yourself with against this foe they end up have to it. run away effectively yeah. they run away and that, that's it I, so I actually genuinely think the party instigate the Venger Tiamat hate feud <laughs> with the magic because maybe Venger's magic actually does hurt Tiamat a bit because mm. he's more powerful than yeah. than them or any one of their weapons I guess he's he's more powerful but I thought that was interesting as well because like the whole that's what explains why he fucking hates them so much so, <laughs> Tiamat's like, on his so case constantly <laughs> with this episode my first line is we open on Endor and I yes, didn't realize how, forest. I didn't realize how Star Wars this episode was gonna go yeah, the dwarves, man. They're well, such a. What happens yeah, to Dungeon Master is basically Han Soloed. Yes, exactly. All right, so yeah, Endor, basically. Yeah. yeah, so picture Endor. It's a foggy forest scene, basically, and the party are lost. When are Dungeon they not? Masters? Yeah, they're, they're talking about a riddle that Dungeon Master's um, given them already. That is that they'll find their way home in a forest with no trees. And As Eric they are surrounded by trees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll just go to every forest. <laughs> Exactly. But there's no, what, no trees, though. Mm. So, yeah, Eric's like, a forest with no trees. There's no such thing. And I think Presto's like, yeah, who knows what he's talking about? And Diana's like, exactly. Who knows what he's talking about? It must be trees, like, no trees. K-N-O-W the hair thing. She remembered. Yeah. Yeah, she's remembered. Or she learned from Adam West Batman. This crime happened at sea. Sea? Sea for Catwoman. Wow. So... What, my, what? I, I was thinking way more like abstract with this. I'm like, a forest with no trees. Does he mean like a library? <laughs> Does he mean a <laughs> desert? <laughs> oh, you mean it's like a forest with lots of leaves or something? Well, you know, a, like, a well, library. Uh, well, I was thinking more tr- books are made of paper. Paper comes from trees. If you put lots of books together in uh, a library, see. you know, there's a forest with no trees. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, I, I think my mind works. Hmm? You think it works? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, but yeah, it's just so t- t- too abstract. Yeah, it, it, this was too abstract though, frankly. Yeah. Anyway, so she's like, "Okay, yeah, it must be." And then Eric's like, "Oh, don't be stupid. Trees don't know anything." And he's leaning against a tree, which basically turns into an ent almost immediately. And it's like, "I beg your pardon. Like, we're we're intelligent. We know everything." Mm-hmm. And we cut to the dungeon master, who's who's sort of elsewhere, but it, probably in the same forest. And he's riding a mollusk. He's riding a dark storm. <laughs> yeah. Gi- yeah, he's riding a dark storm, snail. but the friendly dark storm version. Yeah. And this kind of sprite is up with him. Um, I, and I, it's, it's garbling at him, basically. I called it the dodgy pedo pixie. Oh my Why? god! It's got a, like a leotard on that's a bit too revealing for okay. an old, the face. Like... Is really questionable, and it, it's just, <laughs> just a dodgy like, pedo. What pixie. did I miss about this fucking pixie? <laughs> everything yeah. apparently like if you look <laughs> at its face and the way it talks maybe that's just, just how pixies are we don't know maybe 
So, like, Dungeon Master is obviously able to sense them or know what's going on with them, though, because he's like, ah, oh, they found the no trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they figured it out. And the, sp- the sprite's got this kind of give me a little bit of a danger, danger mouth that type yeah. of voice. Um, <laughs> That's a very good approximation. danger coming out of it. His sense of dun- d- danger coming towards the dungeon master and this guy riding a horse that's got like metal armor and ram horns made of metal mm-hmm. and he's wearing this purple helmet with bat wings on it. Yeah. Like he just bursts out of nowhere and he's like, get him. He's and waves his sword around basically. He's clearly a, a warrior class. Yeah, he's, he's a weird mix fusion. Yeah, wasn't he called? Yeah. Is he called Warduke or something like that? Warduke. I exactly. got okay. So I put him down as Wardlow. <laughs> he's just <laughs> Wardlow. I think, I've, I think I've written his name as different things throughout because they don't. You don't get his name until like three right near the, of the end. Way yeah, yeah. So basically, the dungeon master is set upon by some bullywugs, bullywugs, which dangerous close to gollywugs. But basically, they're, they're frog <laughs> people. Yeah, of, I, yeah I, because of that dangerous similarity, I just called them frog knights. Frog, <laughs> exactly. So that you know, various stuff ensues. They they try and net him, the dungeon master, at one mm-hmm. point, and he just smiles really wryly and just like haha, and just it's been ages since I did this and stuff, and uses a bit of magic to turn the net back on them. A bunch of them jump him and he TPs from out underneath them up into a tree. Um, and he's basically like fucking with them. He's like having a total laugh. Yeah. But while he's sitting up in the tree gloating, the knight, whatever his name is, Duke Warforged, um, hits the tree with his sword and it immediately turns to ice. <laughs> and the ice encapsulates the dungeon master. Let's say it's the cryo sleep with it's carbonite. Uh, Star Wars. Carbonite, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Because it even puts like a. As it freezing, there's like a life signal generating gem on there to let them know, like the control exactly. panel on the side of the carbonite. That's it. And and like, yeah, so the Dungeon Master's medallion basically, doesn't it? It pulsates red. So you mm. know he's okay, I guess, because of that. Or, or you know he's evil because red is evil. Meanwhile, the party are talking to the no tree, which basically says it knows how to get out of, uh, it how says to it get knows out of the world. Everything. It does say it knows everything. Everything. Like, no caveats whatsoever. And they're like, tell us who won the 1981 World Series. And yeah. it's like the, the Wood Elves. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, wait, you're 1981. It's like, oh, the Yankees. Or, it was or the Dodgers. Like, oh, the Dodgers, Yankees, yeah. 4-2. Yeah. I've got four games. Yeah, Dodgers, do, Dodgers beat the Yankees four games. Which I, don't, I don't know if that's true necessarily, but it might be. I didn't fact check or anything. Sports and they ask ball. it. Yeah, exactly. Throw ball. They ask it how to get out. And it's like, oh, your friend the Dungeon Master's in trouble totally sidetracking the question <laughs> of how they might get on out or i think implying that the dungeon master is their way out yeah i mm-hmm. think it's getting especially in the next episode it's starting to become established that the dungeon master definitely has the power to send them home but yeah. isn't he's he's I, fairly like, omnipotent all powerful like we see in this episode to, at the end he's a very powerful wizard he gives no fucks about venger no. like i mean when he no. like my note because will- venger is a character of his <laughs> when he got attacked earlier, my note literally says, Dungeon Master gets attacked. He seems quite happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> so he knows like, he's fine. Yeah. But he always gets away as well. Like thinking of Dungeon Master as myself as a GM of, of Dungeons and Dragons as well, I'm like, holy shit, because Venger's like his son or whatever, spoiler alert, and stuff. But that's how you kind of feel about your big bad evil guy. Mm. You know, they're your creation. They're the one you yeah. want, and they're the ones you kind of root for against the party, <laughs> and you really are just toying with the party's yeah. lives, which I think is the whole vibe you get from Dungeon Master in this, which is really accurate, yeah. to be honest. So anyway, Eric's like, I don't care about the Dungeon Master, just tell us about the way home. <laughs> At this point, I think it's I'm totally fair. fair. Yeah. He's getting bullied by everyone who's 
with him and getting fucked around and he's never actually getting home so yeah it's ridiculous they, and then they kind of rush off to aid him I think everyone else does and Eric eventually like runs with them and the, the no tree just turns well, back into a normal tree Eric's gonna stay behind he's like no I'm not going and then uh, is, it, is it no it was in the previous one where he gets scared no. by the tree yeah, yeah. So the dungeon master is being literally hauled in crystal form behind the horse as the bullywogs uh, are around them. And the party arrive. Uh, the bullywogs kind of start to gang up on them. Hank tries to reason with them, which is yeah actually quite interesting. That is something that dungeon like dungeon dragon players try to do occasionally with a new race that they've never met before. But it absolutely incenses the leader of the bullywogs, who goes fucking mental, starts shaking his spear around, and they all just go for it. Basically, Hank gets his bow out, and they all scatter. There's kind of like the classic Dungeon Dragons game scene where everyone gets to use their special weapon yep. mm-hmm. in some way or another to fight them. The one I made note of though was Diana's was the best. She throws her pole to two bullywogs who catch it and then she does a fucking flip on it yeah. using momentum to lob them against a tree, which I really love. Yeah, I like that. I, Diana's definitely one of my favourite mm. characters and, and probably classes. And she's got a very prosperous career as a pole dancer when she gets back from this. Yeah, she's ripped. Exactly. <laughs> like properly she's ripped. Obviously got, she's obviously got high intelligence because she mm. rolls high on all the other things so mm. it's like the perfect woman really intelligent really athletic love it no i have no time for sheila whatsoever <laughs> she's basically <laughs> hank's simp like i, the, the, you know. I have a weak spot for sheila because she's a redhead yeah no, i could take it or leave it mm. so anyway presto does a bit of magic and he thinks he's failed because a fly starts to uh, come out of his hat and he's like oh something must have gone off in my hat <laughs> Maybe his bat hat is like the bag of holding. Can I just say, yeah, maybe. the thing I noticed about Presto through these next two episodes particularly is Hank and the rest of the party are always like, Presto, use your magic, even though they know nearly it's nearly always real. fails. And yeah. I can't decide if they're just being like nice friends and trying to encourage sure. him or if I, they just don't learn. He does, but it, like, I'd say 50-50, they do work. Mm. Like, yeah, they just don't do work things. in the way he intends them to. Yeah, I think like it's the, the next episode where they just rely on him constantly to be yeah. like the do sex right from everything. Like just, just fix it, presto. But anyway, so so I was going to say, the, in this case, the magic that he appears, he doesn't do what he originally wants, which is uh, Eric asks him to summon a tank. Oh yeah, that's it. And he summons flies, but the flies do achieve the ultimate end yes, goal. Exactly. So the magic is faulty but effective, I guess. Because yeah. So, yeah, the flies basically instead get a feeding frenzy. Like the bullywogs just like start chasing them around and completely ignore the party. Mm. So they just they just leave basically. <laughs> um, and they kind of we we cut a bit later in the day, I guess. And they're kind of taking a break and they establish that they're lost again. <laughs> and Eric's like, it's okay. And he pulls out a wad of cash. Basically yeah. saying that he'll use this like to bribe someone for the way out. Effectively, yeah. is what his, his plan is. I do love that Uni immediately starts chomping. Just on eat. It. Yeah, yeah. It's like again, how much stuff did Eric bring with him? A notebook and some cash to the fair. I suppose the cash is fair, but still. Yeah, especially because he's supposed to be the rich boy. Mm. Yeah, exactly. The the party is sitting around and this sprite appears and then it does its whole danger dungeon master type stuff mm. and kind of does a lassie effectively to bring tell them that the bullywogs have got the dm and follow it only for some she- reason sheila yeah. can understand what the sprite is saying even though we can understand what it's saying she can understand it clearly yeah like she can like, understand we we get like a word in amongst gibberish to let the let the audience know what he's saying but it's implied yeah. that sheila can understand everything he's saying crystal clear but none of the rest of the party can so For maybe hardcore she hardcore D&D nerd she's got language proficiency yeah I was going to say she's, she, like, yeah, she has got another language because what is it yeah. you, you guys all can speak is um... Sil- Sylvan is the uh... language because I speak I speak draconic 
and, and the com- and common and what's the other one like the under under ground language like under common yeah yeah so I can speak draconic and thieves can't yeah that's it and yeah so Syl- Sylvan is the the language of the Fae I think yeah. in this so even though she kind of Google translates what it's saying at one point <laughs> later on because the sprite actually becomes more and more understandable through the episode and at yeah. one point later on it says something that's clearly understandable and she kind of mistranslates it a little bit which is very annoying very much squid game I'll write an article put it on the BBC you know everyone hates it Anyway, so we cut to a kind of castle-like scene, but it's more like a set of caverns with gates on it and stuff. Like, yeah, it's a, r- a rough and ready castle, I'd say. And the helmet dude, who turns out also has a reptilian blue leg yeah. at this point. I forgot what his name is, Warduke. He's speaking with the demon shadow, and he kind of does this kind of magician's reveal of the dungeon master in the <laughs> carbonite, which I really love. Like, you know, where there's a, a, a sheet on the top of it, and he pulls it off, and he's like, ta-da! Yeah. This, is what I'm selling. this is what I'm selling today. Um, before as we see the what's it darks the shadow demon shadow demon as we see the shadow demon entering like we actually see the outside of Wardlow's cave and it is another skull cave face thing I think that's Classic. all you can get in these parts yeah if you're an evil guy your castle has to have skulls it's like the Nazis had to have skulls on their SS uniforms. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's how you know they're the bad guys. Recognized symbol. It's a pretty yeah. obvious message that everyone knows what yeah. it means, mm. I guess, you know. This is, I mean, yeah, I guess it goes back to like the pirates, skull and crossbones, blah, 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 you know. Yeah, exactly. We are bad guys. Mm. Not all pirates had skull and crossbones. No, right? I know, I know, I know. I'm just using it as a general <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to give you a fact that didn't involve horse sex to, you know, balance <laughs> things. <laughs> <laughs> no, all horse sex all the time, damn it. That's the only fact <laughs> nice. I want from you. That's all the pirates are up okay. for, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so time and space is weird in this episode in general actually like there's a lot of weird jumps and stuff about distance especially but you, you it cuts to the castle who at uh, the castle sorry the party who are shimmying across this ledge up a canyon a ravine a cliff even, face yeah. massive yeah like this cliff face and they kind of shimmy up to like an impasse like a, a it's just, like the, the ledge disappears it, yeah completely. it just stops and hangs yeah. like we need to go back yeah uh, which, which... obviously quite rightly the sprite's like meh, 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 meh. And, and like points over the edge and she just like yeah we just need to fly over well before then, that Diana's just like no we shouldn't go back I'm like <laughs> what are you gonna do of course you walk. should <laughs> you, you really should uh, yeah, okay that in that how, case how you after die. you <laughs> well I mean it's Diana so maybe could make it by pole vaulting but you know the whole yeah. well, she has, it, I mean, she has it, an extending pole as well so she could mm. actually just make a bridge off of it or across it for everyone to shimmy I've over. got an extending pole <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> well luckily, my inner Presto <laughs> has a wizard's hat <laughs> yes and again like Naomi was saying they pressure him to try and help to uh, do it but he's like oh I'm not so sure my magic's been a bit out of whack lately but he holds his hat out over the ravine and it immediately just gets blown away by a gust of wind um, <laughs> while he's halfway through a spell and everyone looks down at the Canyon, and as they look down, this kind of winged lion crew manticore, <laughs> like a no, they're, 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 they're griffins. No, no, because gri- no, griffins have, no, griffins uh, have uh, eagle. Don't, head. don't argue they, with me about this. <laughs> no, no, griffins, they are winged lions. Griffins exactly are, are bird cat hybrids, and that can take a lot of variants. Manticores tend to have scorpion tails. Yeah, and that's ground based. Yeah, yeah. but. The traditional griffin is has an a, eagle head. Is is a four legged eagle, effectively. Yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. they're not traditional griffins, but by the rules of beast are theories, like on the things griffins. like this in the Wizard of Oz, like flying lions. Like I thought this. they were monkeys. No, no, I'm sure flying they're like flying lions. 
I'm know, sure maybe. it was maybe. I don't know. There, there were definitely for the, sake, for the sake of argument, I googled it, and winged lions is what they were called. Even okay. though they're a subset <laughs> of griffins, like they saying, they're specific. Like in this form, they're known as winged lions. But yeah, they come up and the party panic a little bit, obviously, as you would, as they're all kind of snatched by these flying. They lions. have very mean faces as well, don't they? There's nothing to they indicate do at first. that these are bad. That these are good guys at first. Yeah, as as they kind of grab the party, they. It soon becomes apparent they're, they're there to transport them across. They drop them over and then their faces are all happy and, and stuff. And at, right at the end, like one of the last winged lion basically tosses Presto his hat and almost, I thought he gave him a wink. I wanted to re- rewind it to see if he like did a like type moment, but no. Yeah, so <laughs> the sprite now who is saying like, oh, Dungeon Master's close, the Dungeon Master's in there and he takes them to the creepy cave mouth that you said before, like the castle skull mouth mouth that has the sharp jagged teeth and everything. It's at this point that Eric just storms off. He's like, not going in there. He, he just nopes out, basically. <laughs> Which again, like, you know, he's just been sort of attacked by a winged lion, flown over a canyon, all of this. And he literally leaves, which I find really strange. Like, nobody ever splits the party in Dungeon Dragons. And so they just rare. let him go as well. I yeah, think in, in they, any kid's cartoon, the, the one guy just being like, fuck it, I'm out, and everyone else being like, okay, fine. <laughs> it doesn't happen I very would... often. <laughs> no, true. I wonder what the payout was going to be of it as well, but it, they didn't disappoint, to be honest. So the party inside, they kind of walk past these lava falls. We get a bit of the opening theme tune music in the background. Hank is kind of half put drawing his bow to use the light from the arrow and the ground starts to shake <laughs> and we see, I've, I've described this as a, a wolverine rock golem. <laughs> That's like yes. a wolverine, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's got like red crystal eyes. It's charging at them. It has no neck per se. Its face is basically got the a claws. part of its body. Yeah. And yeah, it's got these huge diamond claw type things yeah. as well. So just a quick uh, non sequitur back to griffins and <laughs> winged lions. These were not a subset of griffin because a Leo griff is the lion form of a a griffin and it still has a beaked face. Okay. Oh. Oh, a lion yep. with a beaked face. Yeah. So it's a lot. It, so there are many subs subtypes of griffin the most common that we think of is the hippogriff mm-hmm. yeah. um but where well, there is a zebra griff <laughs> no an honor griff which is made with donkeys a unigriff which is giraffes oh cool not yeah. unicorns a hierogriff hi, hiera- <laughs> oh, hierogriff which is a protogriff a protogriffin made with a hier- hierarchy oh is that a um, dinosaur Possibly, yes. Then you have the feelers types of griffin. Mm-hmm. So you've got serval griff, which is with a serval. Yep. What? Uh, Andi- uh, o griff, which is the Andean cat. The sandy griff, which is made with a sand cat. The felly griff, bred with the common house cat. Are you on a and furry And the leo griff. <laughs> no, this is the, I'm, mi- the like, mythical bestiary all wiki. these individual cultures all came up with no, a winged well, I think version it was, of I a think, big cat. Um, that would be mad. Pliny the Elder was the guy who first recorded griffins, and then it was just like, they're these horse bird feline things that guard gold in the desert. Don't, don't yeah. mess with their shit. But they're not in the Andes, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, did I the, imagine did the you know, other cultures, cultures have... Come yeah. the same? Had so the, their regional variants, but I think the original myth of the griffin probably originated in Greece and was about places in Asia. There's also tiger griff, which name explains it all. The coo griff, which is hilarious to say, which is a cougar. The <laughs> erto peridogriff, which is cheetahs. Right. Oh my God. 
Iguaro... We have to make a separate video to do tier <laughs> rankings of Iguaro... the Griffin families. <laughs> Iguaro this is a top tier. This is the S tier Griffin. <laughs> Iguaro Griff, Osa Griff, Saber Griff, Cara oh Griff. Saber Griff, no, that no. sounds amazing. I, like, no, I, I refuse <laughs> wait, to believe wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. These, these wait. are just one animator putting wings on This is the mythical cat. bestiary wikia. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Be you can't, well, this you is can't the best one. Wiki. This is the best one. Bob Griff. <laughs> it's Bob Griff. Bob Griff. <laughs> Bob Griff. <laughs> oh, it's not Bob Griffin. <laughs> and then there's Jesus. also Looper Griffs. Us Ursa Griffs. I feel at this point we've deviated. Uh, so anyway, so yes. Anyway, back to D&D. Griffin, Sorry. They don't count anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so back to oh my God. Gollum, basically. There's a camel Griffin. Aw. <laughs> I bet it's not very aerodynamic. <laughs> None of them are. <laughs> That's why they don't exist. I want to do an episode yeah. discussing all these different types of griffin. A face-off of all griffins. Ranking them by realism. <laughs> Jesus. Right. Where were we? Yes. Okay. Giant rock wolverine golem is attacking the party. Again, Presto is asked to cast a spell to save them. And he pulls out a stop sign basically, uh, and puts it in the way. And it's yeah. of no help whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> this made me chuckle. <laughs> yeah, and then the party basically have to flee. They run into a dead end. The golem's still coming at them. Sheila does what she did to Tiamat in, I think, episode one or two, where she kind of yells at it to lure it and then turns invisible just as it swipes at her. Yeah. Its swipe literally goes through where she was when yeah. she was turned invisible. So it would still hit her. Invisibility is not... Uh, incorporeality. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it's not the same thing. I, I just made me wonder, is like, does she become inco incorporeal as well then? Yeah, but that's not the spell. I mean, that's some high-level spell right there. Yeah. So Bobby's like, oh, we have to go back and help Sheila. But some orcs, like the pig-like orc guys, grab the party. Uni, Uni rams one of them, and it kind of garbles something at her. Did you guys notice that as well? They ha this, this orc thing has like at least a sentence or two to say to Uni, but it's nothing that we understand and nothing mm. that anyone translates at any no. point. It's probably which I found really strange. Then. And and Uni almost like reacts to it and almost trotted in a flirty way, I don't know flirty, <laughs> but like in a proud head up kind of way. Yeah. It was really a really prance. bizarre. You might he, say. he obviously yeah, said something insulting yeah. to unicorns, and she kind of got her back up and mm -hmm. was like, "No, fuck you." The yeah. this is the last one, honestly, of the Griffin thing. But I just I, I saw it first off the one I showed Naomi, which is I can't remember what it's called, but it's that's it, Alonia Griff, which is a peacock. Oh, nice. I think Strong. that sounds amazing. If it had peacock wings, yeah. like for like the tail for both wings, that would be better. So this one, like, you have to guess what animal this is, because you're not going to be able to from the name. The name is a China griff, With which just sounds like a con by a Chinese person. <laughs> China it's the Chinese griff. griff. It's like a novel title. Is it, an, is it an echidna no, griffin? No. Have you got a guess? Dolphin? A no. Geese. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. No, like, why? Sorry, I think of what animals are in China. Is it a panda? Surely if you use a two-legged animal, it can't really be a griffin, because the whole point no. is that they've got four legs. There's like, a leg trial. It just sounds like just a chicken. <laughs> that sounds rubbish. All right. Okay, anyway, we're going to have to do an episode on griffins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this Wikipedia needs more discussion. The tangents. It's long. Anyway, sorry. This is why we call it protein rambling. <laughs> yes, it is. Basically. You get what you sign um, up for. The leader of the orc people who's oh captured them is like, I want to welcome you. And they're like, what do you mean welcome us? Like, welcome you to the slave mines of Paramore. And he just like, <laughs> yeah. waits a wand at the door and this like sliding door. It's like blind date. The doors open and basically inside is this like volcano fueled <laughs> orc. 
Paradise, you know, Did like you see the slave the mines, mines of, of Paramore. <laughs> I think it was in the Paramore. Back, no, I thought it was Deramore. Uh, I didn't actually. I made note of it. I think I said Paramore, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was I like the slave mines of Paramore. It's just like. It was, yeah. And it basically does cut to this like dwarf slave mines of Moria factory type situation. And the party are ushered in. Sheila, who's still invisible under her cape, sneaks in and she kind of briefly flicks out and back in just so we know she's there. We all know know what you need to disguise yourself as a slave. Power swap. (laughs) Definitely. Yes, exactly. (laughs) She's terrible at being invisible as well, just like throughout this whole thing. So outside, Eric is basically walking through this kind of swampy mud pit and this giant purple tentacle starts to rise behind him and starts to wrap around his feet while he's looking the other way but he spots somebody off in the distance and he's like oh oh excuse me excuse me and he runs up to them and kind of grabs them by the shoulder and then this it turns around and it's basically this haggard blue zombie beast creature (laughs) and we get a super close-up of its face like like, super uh... detailed animation yeah terrifying yeah. for kids I love sure. this though I love the visual humour of the tentacle reaching for him and then just kind of missing yeah. at the last second what really made me laugh about this is because when he turns around and the zombie's like Rrr. it made me think of a discussion that I had way back when uh, when Bates which is if you took a zombie movie and then re-edited the ed- audio of all the zombies so they were Tim Allen from Home Improvement definitely (laughs) i I, like you're right naomi though the comedy beats mixed with like the actual sheer terror is Mm. a really fine balance that they've done really well because they do go to extremes in both ends i think oh yeah totally and effectively he gets the close of the face and eric just legs it (laughs) and uh, we cut away and we are basically flying along with demon shadow or shadow demon uh, and and it's fly- it flies into the castle and it's kind of looking off to the side and it literally just headbutt flies into Venger's like, yeah. dress. <laughs> like you actually hear like a doof as it hits him and he's like, oh, like you know, oh, I didn't didn't see this you there. Leads me thing. to believe Venger's skirt is some kind of plate armor. Maybe, <laughs> definitely. And it's at this point that he reports that War Duke has caught the party, yeah. has caught Dungeon, Dungeon Master, Master, and is hoping to make a trade. At which point Venger's like. <laughs> a trade like if the price is right like whatever he's being a bit sassy yeah um, Avengers unimpressed in general and yeah we cut back to the party they are mining very they poorly are they're getting whipped labor. yeah they're getting whipped Presto's mining is ineffective he's lifting the hammer up like a couple of inches basically and the, the guy is whipping them and he's like come on work harder and Diana's like you get what you pay for Which, like, <laughs> I was just like bold move to have the black person being whipped and put to hard labor <laughs> while yeah. dressed like she is yeah yeah <laughs> like, it's an interesting choice yeah yeah and we cut over like to the the orc captors the the guards and they're kind of stuffing themselves at a table mm. and they're joking about and they're like oh where's the dessert and we see U- uni is in like a cage with a little like haystack in the corner and she immediately bolts into it and hides in there I did mean to know about these guards, just a more Star Wars analogs. These are all the guards from Jabba the yeah, Hutt's Palace. Yeah. I mentioned in yeah. the, the Gam- Gamorreans or something, yeah, the last they're called yeah. in Star Wars. Well, they just um, look even more so in this episode yeah. than they did in the previous one. Oh, for sure, yeah. Sheila is invisible, but is talking out loud to herself while yeah. like surveying the situation, and some guards come along, and they're like, what was that? I heard something, and... And she she almost gets caught, and it's like, oh no, okay, nothing nothing to see here type thing. They think um, they say it must have been a shadow. Yeah, those talking shadows that we just don't worry but about. But they did just see demon shadow, who is yeah, literally sh- a talking shadow. Yeah, 
It's probably not that uncommon in yeah, this world. Yeah, yeah. I guess there the are party, probably more of them. That's it. The party are like griping about the work, and they mention the dungeon master and everything. And this dwarf overhears them talking, and he, in Yoda voice, I'm not going to even bother trying to impersonate. He's like, "I know where the dungeon master is, and if you, if I help you find him, will you help free me and my people?" And they're, they, you know, they're always like, "Deal," straight away. And mm-hmm. the dwarf See, is just like to do you. the dwarf, literally without moving, just points to the wall next to them and goes. He's behind this wall. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, how? How would what? he possibly know this? And they even imply that he's quite far through the wall as well. Like, yeah. as in it would take them years to dig through this wall. How does he know they're there? I thought at Just first that the dwarf gossip. was the dungeon master because I'd forgotten about the the fact that he was in the carbonite because it's been so long <laughs> since we saw the dungeon master. And the dwarf looks like dungeon master and speaks in fucking riddles yeah. <laughs> that are a nightmare as well. If, um, if he'd been all like... I'll help you find Dungeon Master if you free my people. And then was like, surprise, it's me. It's Dungeon Master. I could have punched him, wouldn't you? Yeah. Maybe he's channeling. Dungeon Master's channeling himself into the dwarf or something. <laughs> I don't know. But basically they figure out they're going to need their weapons to get through. We cut again out to Eric, who's in this kind of swamp. And he comes across this kind of snake thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, like really a cool serpent. Anime. Yeah, yeah like exactly. Yeah, like a Japanese serpent, serpent yeah. thing. And he just legs it. Like he immediately runs. And that's enough. That's that, that scene. It's literally like t- 10 seconds long or something. He legs it. So um, I, was, I was just thinking about the, the dwarf and in context, the, the DM. And if we were extrapolating this out into actual Dungeons and Dragons, like D&D real life, and you're the DM and your party's stuck and you drop in an NPC to help point them in the right direction. Yeah. Maybe that's what Dungeon Master's done. He's just dropped in an this NPC is, with some convenient knowledge. This is basically what happened in our campaign when we were stuck in the drow prison and everyone was arguing over how best to get out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we should we should do something with that guard because he's clearly got a chip on his shoulder. And everyone was like, no, 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 we have to plan and we have to wait and we have to gather weapons. And then the guard, the NPC, just came up to us and was like, I've got a chip on my shoulder. I'll help you escape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's true. That's very, very uh, apt uh, thinking there. So Sheila... Invisible still manages to free Uni and whispers to Uni, like, go crazy, (laughs) basically. (laughs) And Uni does. She goes fucking mental. She starts, like, doing fucking Bronco show on the table, basically, where the guards were eating, like, kicking their food about. Like, basically, it instigates a little mini food fight and, like, spills drink all over the place. And Sheila uses the distraction to nab the weapons that are on the end of the table. Ah, fucking everyone hates a rogue. Like, the DM's worst nightmare (laughs) is a rogue. I am a uh, game-breaking motherfucker. Yeah, though. like like sneak attacks, sneaks, and sneaks, like, yeah, sneaks the best. I don't know how mad. you sneak when you're a seven-foot dragon. Yeah, that's the best part. The dichotomy of my character is I am a seven-foot dragonkin, but I'm a thief, a real sneaky, air- acrobatic yeah. thief. It's so fun. You to can play. always work something out though. Like maybe you've got like chameleon skin-like abilities. So actually, if you stay still, nobody can see yep. you. Something like that, or, or or that weird thing like in Christian Bale, like you move in ways that people can't see. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Just like the real Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> so, moves in mysterious ways. <laughs> with the um, distraction that Uni provided, I thought this was going to, like, because earlier on you see one of the guards punch out another guard because he took his leg of ham or whatever. And I thought this was going to go a much different route. I thought Sheila was going to start, like, moving food around and cause mm. the guards to fight each other. Oh, uh, interesting, yeah. That been Which would have been believable, actually. Yeah. In- instead, they actually end up chasing Uni down a, like, a random corridor, I think. Mm-hmm. So party with weapons returned hank shoots a hole through the wall that the dwarf pointed out so kindly and bobby just smashes it wider with his club and the dm kind of stands in his stalinesque repose in the little like room i guess they've managed Mm. to get into right 
It's literally a straight line that they've been through. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like they punched a perfect peephole right through to Dia. Yeah. Yeah. Light came out of the peephole even, actually, I think, yeah. as well, from, from the chamber that he's in. So they get on into the chamber and Venger arrives on the scene. And he... Weird, like he shoots the crystal with Dungeon Master in it and kills him effectively. Immediately, he... yeah, the gem stops flashing. Yeah, basically, doesn't it? And, and he's like, the life force has left this one, and like the game's game over, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, I guess if your Dungeon Master did die, in <laughs> your GM yeah, dies, that opens the game. That, that could well be it, or maybe it's just like, yeah, he's quit. I just, I just had a really dark thought. I was like, how many D and D campaigns have been sh- cut short by COVID and DM dying? DM death or oh character God. actual yeah, yeah. player death. Actual player death, yeah. TPK. It's a dark, it was a dark <laughs> thought. I said yeah, it was a dark thought. That's fine. We've gone to darker places yeah. in the episode. Nice. So again, we cut over ground. Eric, who's deeper in the darkest depths of the swamp now, he's being chased by a giant fucking snapping turtle. And he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to stand on your eggs yeah. or something. <laughs> I, <love laughs> I didn't nice. mean to walk into your nest. <laughs> and he's running, he's running, but he's looking over his shoulder because the thing's right on his ass. And he basically falls down a hole. And again, we cut underground. The party uh, are basically surrendering in the the pit to to Venger, like har- another, another harrowing situation. The dungeon master's dead, and Eric falls through a hole in the ceiling and crushes Battle Duke. I mean, War Duke, whatever his name is. <laughs> and then basically, it's battle time, right? Yeah. So the Grungs, not the Grungs, the Bullywogs uh, arrive and start to battle. No, it's Grungs, isn't it? It's frog people this time. Mm, yeah. Some some other people basically start to arrive and, and attack the party. Venger kind of laser zaps them and they all kind of hit the deck and, and duck. And again, they ask Presto if he can do something. And he's like, I'll see what I can do. And his hat just belches smoke, which at first I thought it was going to be like fog. Nothing in the way. But it literally does just conk out like an old car or something. Yeah. Again, um, Diane has a really good showing here. Yeah. She's she's the best in the party. She's like the monk in the party, I think. Yeah. Getting yeah. for getting fast and early and trips. Just all the trips trips for days. That's it. And, and basically it, the fight kind of crescendos with Hank shoots he shoots Warduke who's waving his sword around madly. Because he knows how to of, fight. Yeah, and he can't even hold <laughs> on to his sword. So he, the arrow hits the sword, the sword flies off, and the sword hits the crystal. And the dungeon master's just like, good morning. Yeah. He's <laughs> fine, everyone. Good yeah. morning, Vietnam. <laughs> exactly. And they're just like, what? You're still alive? And he eye blasts him with his like Superman laser vision. And the DM, sorry, the dungeon master just catches it in his hands. It's basically counter spell with some flavor here. Yeah. He catches it, flips his hands over, and it changes the color to like his magic. Yeah, because he says like um, e- uh, magic, evil, evil magic, thought, is, evil magic, like evil thoughts, is can be turned around yeah, yeah, and made yeah. good. And yeah, he turns it into like a red ball and just throws it back to Venger. But it kind of plonks on the ground. <laughs> yeah, like, it like, rolls uh, on the ground. Like, so Venger's like, what the fuck is this? This is nothing. And, <laughs> then, like, and was... then Venger's like, he regrets it immediately because the thing just cripples Venger. Yeah. He's like, ah, like, oh my God. Like, He's like, he made a grenade. Doubled. He just yeah, made a grenade. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, shrapnel grenade yeah. and everything. Yeah, it's like Venger's like, and what is this? There's no idea about time. It fucks Venger up. It's yeah. Yeah. Him in lightning. He's cowering in pain. He's like shrinking down to nothing. It's, I, I really like the animation on this because you just get like, a cell of the lightning where you can't see Venger and then it cuts back to Venger and he's in a different Jojo pose of pain. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Ah, anyway, no, but he just disappears to nothing. Yeah. yeah. Basically. It's so bizarre. And and then basically, yeah, battle over. 
Hank, just as they're leaving, is like, oh shit, yeah, I remembered we said we'd free those dwarves. Because the uh, Dindra Master says, no, we have to go quick, he won't, he'll regain his form soon. Oh yeah, okay, so it was and, like a special type of spell, yeah. yeah. And then, so, yeah, it's, like, you know, it's just like, Hank's like, oh, I forgot something. Yeah, free the slaves. I look, he pulls through this hole, and the dwarves were obviously <laughs> already there waiting yeah. for the signal, because they all just start coming through immediately. Yep. And, like, um, but they're in the, the war duke and his like orcs are in hot pursuit basically of, I, of everybody. I have questions about the geography of this place because when from this point on, whenever we cut to like the the dwarves and the party, they're on this by this tree which looks to be in like a little bit of a verdant meadow, a forest bear, glade. Yeah, yeah th- bear in mind they just come out of a a, a, a cliff cavern thing which they had to scale a cliff face canyon to get to where is this verdant meadow in relation oh, and it's an active volcano yes <laughs> as well because we've seen it as well dm goes overkill that's magic it's isn't ridiculous it? yeah so they're being chased by the the grungs and the orcs and the dungeon master's like don't worry about it and he literally makes the volcano explode and kills war duke and his whole party yeah basically <laughs> It's dark. So yeah, like you're saying, the, the party are sitting in this glade watching on. They're like, oh my God, Dungeon Master, I didn't know how powerful you were. Like, you know. Send us and, home, bitch. And they're like, oh, you wouldn't be, I didn't think you could ever be captured unless you wanted to be captured. And he kind of like wryly smiles at uni and has a little nod and stuff. And Eric even asks him at this point, why don't you use some of that power to send us home? And Dungeon Master's fucking response is the answer does not rest within one's power, it rests within oneself. Yeah. Which, if you, he's talking like the queen, as in I, the, the, the royal one, me, yeah. oneself. <laughs> like, yeah. what is happening? It's like, yeah, he, he literally that translated the answer does not rest within my power, it rests with me. <laughs> so he's like, I could, I could do it, I but could, I don't want but, to. Yeah. yeah. At which point Eric's like, oh, deep. And then falls into shallow water. Yes, exactly. Uni kind of scares him, doesn't he? In the water, splash. Mm. Everyone laughs I think he at just him. Tri- I think he just backs up and trips up. Mm. He might just trip over so Uni. I'm not we... surprised. He's just realised the true depth of Dungeon Master's <laughs> depravity. Yeah. Are we, like, are oh we my supposed God, you monster. to infer that Dungeon Master did get captured on purpose? And if so, yeah. why? Was this just like a jape for him? To it's like, I've, I've got nothing on. Duke. My day is clear. He... he, he I think the no, he knew the no trees were going to tell the kids how to get home. And he's like, oh, if I get <laughs> captured. <laughs> or even worse, they were going to tell, yes, oh my God, the no trees were going to tell the kids that Dungeon Master was how they get home. Yeah. So he uh, got captured to, so that the trees would say he's captured instead yeah. of he is the answer. Well, he was the answer. That's what they were saying. I anyway. mean, if I was these kids, I would just, after this, head straight back to the no trees. <laughs> yeah. first point yeah. of order mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, alright let's actually, go back Like, I thought exactly the same for the next episode which is Beauty and the Bog Beast mm-hmm. <laughs> yes so yes episode 6 Beauty and the non-trademark descript Bog Beast <laughs> Disney don't come after us and bleeding directly on from the last episode we open on a lava field is this the lava field that Dungeon Master just created who knows probably possibly and we see some footsteps appearing, like walking through the lava field. We don't see what's making them, like invisible man type thing. My immediate thought was, is this Sheila? Uh, but then yeah, we, me cut, too. we cut to the team cowering behind a bush going, what the fuck is it? Who knows? Oh God, oh God, we're going to die. And they get ready to charge and attack it, whatever it is. And as it, as it crests over the precipice of like the edge of the lava flow onto some rock, they kind of charge out and it's Dungeon Master. Of course it fucking is. He kind of sits down on a rock. He's like, oh, nothing better than a stroll over hot lava to soothe your feet. I beg to fucking differ. 
Yeah, there's a lot of other things I'd do first. Yeah, I like what, maybe if your feet are made out of fucking Kevlar. Anyway, Eric immediately lays into Dungeon Master, rightly fucking so, going, how do we get home? How do we get home? Tell us how the fuck we get home. And Dungeon Master says, oh, I think I have found a way for you to get home. You need to find the river that rains upside down. Fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it happens once a year for 60 seconds. The river's water flows into the sky and it will take you wherever you want to go. The DM tells them that they just need to follow the path that's conveniently just behind him, but warns them that they must never touch the beauty that breathes the beast. And then immediately nopes out, and they're all kind of like, what are you chatting on, mate? Eric is specifically starts saying, I am not going anywhere. I am not going anywhere until he explains his fucking riddles. And this is when we get the lava flowing. We get lava flowing just behind Eric, and it kind of flows under his feet, and he just runs. He's like, ah, no, hot foot runs off. I mean, if, if that much lava touches you, dead. Your feet are gone. That's how hot it is. Your feet would be gone. Like, completely yeah. gone. Has anyone... You've seen fucking Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones where the guy jumps yes. out of the back of the train. He's got metal boots on and as well, he just even melts. being close to it. I haven't yeah. seen it. <laughs> yeah, his feet would be bacon. I haven't seen it. He's, oh, got, well, the magic boots of, he's got the magic boots of lava walking. I yeah. saw I saw the, the conversion evolution film version of that. I saw Dante's Peak. Oh, Dante's God. Peak, yes. You know, and exactly. like sometimes you just get a bunch of films that are roughly the same. That all like about uh, the same Deep time, Impact like and Armageddon. The, and all the yeah. Yeah. White House has fallen. Yeah. I, I do recommend Volcano is better than Dante's Peak. Yeah, I don't Because it's got Tommy Lee to Jones in it. Yeah. No. Anyway, they the team all head off down this path. And as they're heading down, it splits in the middle. And worst thing that can happen, they split the party. Bobby, Sheila, and Hank head one way with Eric, Diane, Presto heading another. We cut to Hank, Bobby, and Sheila, who are in the thick of like this deep, deep, viney undergrowth of some very old, twisted forest, and they're hacking their way through until... Bear in mind, they're hacking down vines with Bobby's club. I say, they're clubbing their way through. <laughs> yeah. It's like the least efficient way to get through a jungle vine. <laughs> and as they're clubbing their way through, Bobby suddenly strikes metal. And they're like, oh, what the hell is this metal wall? What's it doing here? And they start clearing it away, and then they look up. And it's this giant, monolithic, like Godzilla-sized metal gold. It's like, unreasonably large. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, in fact, you know the kings of old, when they're in Lord of the Rings, where they're going through Gondor and they're passing the kings of old, and it's those giant fucking stars. Yes. That's what he is. Except exactly. Kind Bobby, of Bob, not, Hank isn't even as high as the big toe's nail. That's how big it is. He's kind of dressed like a, a Roman soldier that's just come out of the bath. He's just got like a towel yeah. and like a Roman soldier <laughs> helmet on. He's like, who goes there? Bobby's like, I'm Bobby the Barbarian. Oh, which the, the golem just turns around and goes, <laughs> it's just like immediate rage. Completely unquestioned. <laughs> and he starts to give chase. He's like, no, no intruders should be permitted. Which point they're running away and the golem kind of grabs uni and bobby and he's picking them up in his hand and he's about to crush them between his two hands when hank rolls could only have achieved this with a crit this has to be a natural oh, yeah. 20 he shoots an arrow which slides under bobby and uni and they ride it off into the skies <laughs> a like mode a of transport broom. yeah very yeah, exactly much like a, like witch's, a witch's, broom. witch's broom definitely then the golem turns and starts chasing them again sheila <laughs> i've just put that this statue has anger problems though yes. anger issues it's <laughs> unnecessarily angry as it's chasing them hank then uses his bow to solder the giant's feet together 
Because that's exactly. He says, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. And, and he's talking about its feet. Jo- yeah, joinery. Yeah. This is not just <laughs> preceding this. They're like, oh, it's indestructible. And then Hank starts firing at the but feet. But it is weldable. It, it, it's yeah. weldable. Yeah. So they, they weld the feet together and then it falls over and. Well, like, Sheila, does Sheila goes invisible and then turn like appears behind him and tur- says, "Hey, hey!" And he tur- he goes to turn round, and of course, it's like they've tied his shoelaces together, so he just falls over, and um, yeah, yeah, he's, he, he immediately dead. Yeah, like so, he's not indestructible. Not he, at all. You just it falls into pieces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, they they then scale one of the pieces to see what he was guarding, and what was he guarding? Desert. A desert. Was he guarding that? Is this, is this, how is, do you guard a desert? Yeah, there's a, is a not desert, many ways you could stop someone just getting into a desert. Is a desert the evolved forest form of... Forest without trees? No, is a desert the evolved form of a canyon? <laughs> is a desert a forest with no trees? <laughs> yeah. So are you saying like if if canyons were Pokemon, they would... They would evolve into they desert. They would evolve into deserts. <laughs> if I had to guard a desert as well, I would stand just next to the desert so I could just see people going into the desert, not in a jungle that you can't see yeah, anyone going into Yeah, I just yeah. stand in this well. biome adjacent to the desert. Yeah, like I love the hard cut of the biome. Forest yeah. desert. <laughs> anyway, they, yeah, they, they, they look out on this desert and uh, then we cut back to... Eric, Diane, and Presto, who have found a river, but nothing's happening with it. Presto is like, oh, well, I'll stand on my head. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. mate, you, you don't understand how Actually, gravity works. I can't works. tell if he's just he trying to lighten the mood here. Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Diane then finds a flower and calls them all over to look at it. And she says it's re- the prettiest flower she's ever seen. And Eric's being like, oh, there were much pretty flowers in my garden with my illegal underpaid house gardeners house gardeners you're in, you're inferring a lot from his comment about his mum's garden here <laughs> i like come on eric is supposed to be that preppy fucking yeah definitely. you know mm-hmm. like he he has got illegal immigrant servants i bet yeah you. but he, like if you if you are eric your mum is a proper karen i bet she does her own gardening because nobody else no, would no, no, to no, do no, it no. right no if you've got enough money you don't do your own garden hell we barely have that much money That's we don't even close does, that money we don't do, do our own gardening <laughs> Exactly. If I had enough money, it'd be the first person, the first thing I'd pay someone we, for. I like we, 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 we hire, we hire a gardener and a cleaner. Like because as soon yeah. as we could afford to, like yeah, I'm not cleaning, I'm not gardening. That's it. I'm done with that. We're bushy. We're, we're Eric's parents. <laughs> um, Your trickle down economics. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it does work. It doesn't work. So yeah, Eric picks this flower, and let's call back to Dungeon Master's warning. And Diane, in fact, goes, "No, you touched the beautiful flower," and. Dungeons and Masters warning, of course, don't touch the beauty that... Freeze the beast? Freeze the beast. beast. I was like, belches the beast? (laughs) And the flower sprays some pollen onto Eric's face. He turns into a bog beast, uh, which is like a toad-like looking creature. It's like a melting toad. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the toads from Bucky O'Hare. Yeah. Yes, definitely. He is completely unaware of what's happened. And Diane and Presto think it's the... Funniest fucking like they are dying with laughter. I'm like, this is a serious condition that you're a magical <laughs> ailment. Definitely. And you're like, oh, this is so funny. And I've never seen this thing before either. It does just look like it's got green melted skin. Yeah, he could be like, like what if it was acid? But yeah, he's he's like, don't laugh at me. It's not my fault. I've got a throg in my throat. Because every time he talks, he makes like this croaking noise. And he goes to get a drink. He's like, I need to clear my throat. 
So he gets over to the river, got bends down to take a drink and sees his reflection, but he immediately thinks it's a monster and starts freaking out. It's like, hey, we've got to go, we've got to go. There's a monster. And like, oh, there's no monster. They're just laughing at him in his face like the monster's already got you. Eric goes back and they kind of like, without explaining it, explain that it's him. And he looks in the mirror. He's like, oh God, what's happened to me? And they continue to be dicks for like a solid 30 seconds. They're just like, you're ugly. You're shit. Fuck you. Ha ha. <laughs> and Presto especially, even more so than Diane. Even yeah, when Diane, Pres- Diane dies off, like Presto's still digging and digging and digging. The thing about Eric though, like, yeah, he's rich and spoiled and stuff, but he's not actually like a bully. Or no, anything. he's not a bad you know guy. I mean? He's no. not done anything wrong. He's snarky. To he's just a bit negative. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's I mean, snarky no, and he's a little bit selfish, but nothing that reco- that but should be getting this level of bullying. He's never mean. Yeah. He's never no. mean to anyone. He may make if a anything, few. He's sar- super helpful. Yeah. If any, he may make a few sarcastic comments and he's a, he's a little bit. He doesn't have a lot of time for uni, and he gets a little annoyed with Bobby, but he's never mean. Not no. like they and are he saved, him. He saved their lives at least four times mm. that we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> Eric asks Presto to try to turn him back, and Presto's like, I don't know, I don't know, and he, he, he kind of convinces Presto to try. And Presto does some magic, which basically just ends up with Eric in drag. I thought, actually, this was like, is Eric actually trans? Because he actually asks for Presto to turn him into his true self or the spell <laughs> is like turn Eric into his true self and he just is wearing a dress I imagine this <laughs> this was just what people thought was hilarious at the time like yeah. that guy is wearing a dress <laughs> but yeah it's, it's one of those jokes that has maybe not aged great no not at all no. Eric fucking loses it at this and he's like oh, fuck it like he's really angry and understandably so you something traumatic has happened and your friends are just taking the piss then Dungeon Master appears and Eric's like, please help me undo, undo the spell. And he's like, I didn't create the magic that cast the spell. I can't do anything. I call bullshit. Definitely. Dungeon Master has the audacity to say, I told you about the fucking flower. <laughs> yeah. No, as you well. didn't. Like, you I didn't warned at all. you about and this. And it's like, you did not no, warn me about this. Like, Diane se- sort of knew what the issue, what the thing like she kind of guessed that this must be the beautiful thing yet she was the one that called attention to it and when everyone hey come look and if she'd have just not said anything nothing would have happened i think we can infer from the previous episode the dungeon master is very powerful yeah if he wanted to fix this he could yeah completely i agree and uh, so what dungeon master then goes on to tell eric is that if you don't fix this soon you will be stuck as a bog beast forever and the way to fix this, is, the way to undo the spell will be found in what you dislike the most. I'd be like, which is dungeon master. Which is dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, you motherfucker. Diane immediately thinks, well, he dislikes being a bog beast the most. So Presto is like, we need to find more bog beasts. So they can break the spell. We cut back to the well. Actually, we don't cut straight back to Bobby, Hank, and Sheila. What we cut to is the sun. This is just a smash cut to the, the sun. The party is so split now. Like he's there by like this river and like grassy glade and stuff. And the other side, like you're saying, they're in the fucking middle of the desert. Yeah. Like, how far <laughs> apart are they? And as you say, like Bobby, Hank, and Sheila, they're wandering through the desert. Bobby sees water and points like, hey, there's water, there's water. And Uni goes running to dive headfirst into it. And it's a mirage. They're like, oh, sorry, it's a mirage. And Sheila's like, oh, we need to find water soon or we're fucked. Hank's bow starts acting weird. It's like shaking in his arm. I'm, I, I wonder, is this Hank just play acting? Is he just, you know, is he just waving his arm around to get some attention? <laughs> I'm pretending that this is It's like, Sheila, Sheila, oh, look at me. Sheila, Sheila, Sheila oh. look at me. Look at me, Sheila, <laughs> Sheila, Sheila, Sheila. I don't know, is, is it a ranger gift, maybe? 
Well, I, I like. I think the impression you're supposed to think is that maybe his bow is a divining rod. Yeah. Because uh, that's what they they start to say and infer. But then his bow just shoots an arrow straight up at the sun. <laughs> Damn you, sir! Water comes from the sky. <laughs> because he shot it straight up, the arrow does what arrows do when you shoot them straight up. It comes straight back down and then explodes on the ground as they leg it away, and it creates a uh, a sarlacc pit. The the three of them, uh, Hank, Bobby, and Sheila, they're, they're trapped in the sarlacc pit, and they're, they're sucked underground through this uh, sand plug hole. And uh, my next note is Hollow Earth. Mm-hmm. Hollow Earth comes yes. yeah. I've read Hollow Earth as well. <laughs> yeah. They fall into Hollow Earth. Yeah. And also the land before time. Yeah, there's dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, There's like yeah. dinosaurs, big lizards, verdant, tropical jungle, water. In fact, they land in water. They're, they're immediately happy. They're like, yeah, we're in water. They start having a bit of a drink. And then the next thing they, they realize they're surrounded by bog beasts. And the bog beasts are kind of like ominously looming over them with a net. Which At which point they're immediately like, oh no, they're going to attack us. But Hank's like, no, no, no let's wait and see what they want. <laughs> let's see how it's played out. <laughs> Which it turns it out to the be the right fair. thing to do. Yeah. But as the, they're, they're still like kind of coming in and enclosing, Bobby just yells and they all run away and hide immediately. So they're all abject cowards. In the most comical fashion, yeah. though. It's like, like one of them's like flailing around like he can't swim in like a half a foot of water and stuff. It's mad. He's been taking swimming lessons from the Darkling Lords. <laughs> anyway, uh, the bog beasts run away and hide, but uh, Hank's like, "Hey, don't we don't mean you any harm. Come out, come out, talk to us." And they come out and they say that we were fr- that they're friendly. They were just fishing. We weren't trying to capture you. We were fishing. You're in the fishing water. But then one of the bog beasts says, "You guys are evil. You've been sent by here. We go name check time. I have Cowerman. Yeah, I've got Cowerman. 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 Yeah, Cowerman. Yeah. Okay, so we're running the same. Ball I can tell if it's Cowra or Cower. Mm. I got Cower. So yeah, Cowerman. Yeah, that's fair. They think they've been that they've been sent by Cowerman to scare the fish away, and it turns like Cowerman is a, is is someone that has damned the river that used to flow through this area. Um, damn you, river! <laughs> damn you, river! <laughs> and uh, but it it's he's damned the river to starve the bog people out because he wants to kill all the bog beasts we then cut back to eric 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 diane and presto who are wandering through a bog now looking for bog beasts which makes sense you know looking for yeah. bogs in a bog beast natural habitat bog beasts in a bog even yeah and they're attacked by yet another serpent type thing proper metal looking fucking serpent actually yeah like japanese serpent yeah as well, again they immediately turn tail and run but run into sinking mud they too get sucked down into the earth we don't see where to yet at this point we smash back to hank and talking to the bog beasts and he's like there's loads of you why don't you take on carolman and be- get your water back and they're like we can't do it without our leader we're waiting for our leader the uh, he pulls one of them pulls out this this scroll and, and reads it and says the ancient scroll says our leader will be one who looks like us but is not us and he will drop for this from the sky and lead them against Kawamon. Carol, Kawamon. And my note. Sheila, be- Sheila disses them <laughs> hard here. She's like, they must be as fucking smart as they are handsome. Yeah. She's <laughs> yeah. like, holy shit. Sheila's a hard like, atheist. Mocking someone else's culture much. <laughs> and before it even happened, my note just went, it's Eric. Yeah. 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 No doubt. And at which point, cue Eric, Diane, and Presto dropping from the sky through the earth. And the bog beasts are all like, oh my God, like see 
the, the <laughs> take my trident yeah. lead us to victory <laughs> so like it's our leader it's our leader the bog beasts want them to lead them against caravan who we now find out is an ogre uh the bog beast tells them that the river's been dammed up and the the river that has been dammed up is the river that they're looking for it's the one that float that rains upside down <laughs> this uh, is the river you're looking for yeah. <laughs> at which point like Eric's getting quite exacerbated. He's like, oh, brother. And one of the bog beasts comes up behind him. He's like, brother. <laughs> he's giving him hugs. And he's just like, no. They really are a simple cowardly yeah. folk, aren't they? Their voices and everything. Well, they're, they're a bit charming. Wavering. They're, they're doing they're, their they're best. They're endearing. Yeah. Definitely endearing. Yeah, definitely. They don't deserve genocide. No. no. <laughs> so the team then head out. Eric is wondering aloud how they will beat the ogre. And one of the bog beasts says, if they take away Kawamon's medallion, it takes away his power. They trek on through and they eventually come across the ogre and where he's, or at least where the ogre has dammed up the river. And he's dammed it up to power a smithy, which is staffed exclusively by more slave dwarves. I think it's the same group. Or dwarves. even the same, the same ones. <laughs> oh my God, like they escaped from the volcano mines and now straight into the ogre mine. pit. So the, the entire economy of Dungeons and Dragons is built on the back of slave dwarves. It's like a, I never thought about this this way. You know, when you build the lore of your world, or if you just read generic stuff in Dungeons and Dragons, dwarves aren't are, don't come across like a race that would be open to slavery, no, no, or susceptible to it, even. <laughs> you know, well, it's like maybe yeah. maybe the, like I said to Naomi, uh, it's like maybe this case is like it's like Stockholm syndrome. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> slavery is all we know. We should go back to it. Well. I, I said, once a slave, always a slave, and then realized that's probably a Republican <laughs> motto. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Man, Cowamon, though, right? Yeah. Jesus Christ. The guy's terrifying. He's, he's huge. He's got he's got a horn. And he's, he looks like he looks like Shiva or is No, it he Shiva? looks like the one he from look, Mortal Kombat. Uh, Ga, Ga, no, he looks like uh, Goro, the forearm except yes, with two with two arms. Like the forearm yes. one. Yeah, he looks like Goro. If he, he's got like a his you see his medallion, it's like a yin yang symbol and he's just there whipping he's whipping and whipping and whipping. that's what you do if you've got slaves yeah, right it's the only, only but he's not whipping anyone in particular he's, he's, just whipping. he's like if anything he's whipping the building like <laughs> I work faster work if i was faster. a if i was a slave and i heard whipping in general yeah, i would work a yeah, bit harder yeah. just in case <laughs> the the team then decide all right let's attack and they start off with Sheila distracting the ogre, uh, distracting Car High initiative roll, yeah. sneak attack. And uh, Hank immediately just shoots his medallion off his chest. And they're like, yeah, but it turns out it was a decoy. And I was like, he could teach Jace a thing or two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this definitely. is what Jace needed. <laughs> decoy route. I, this and kind of implies that people had tried to take the medallion before and he'd had to come up with like a, a failsafe. If it's your one source of power or your one like, ultimate so gift, exactly. Yeah. Or if you go well, if you only wear pants on a daily <laughs> basis as well. <laughs> you should then. probably wear it not really in your I mean, you have, to, you have to show off those thighs though, right? <laughs> <laughs> his cock ring medallion yeah, I really is the want source to of his power. I admire my abs while I'm whipping them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really feel the burn today. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel the burn dwarves? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it turns out, yeah, this... this, this Medallion was just a decoy. At which point, Caroman uses uh, shoots Hank with the magic from the medallion. Eric is then trying to order his beasts into battle, and they they do eventually charge, and half of them get frozen by Caroman immediately, and the rest of them and Eric kind of duck off to one side. She, meanwhile, Sheila has managed to climb up Caroman without him noticing. 
and is on his shoulder and tries to steal yeah. uh, the medallion. Fucking rogues, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but she gets caught, uh, which enrages Bobby. He's like, get away from my sister. Uh, he knocks down a tree into Caravan with his club. We get a really odd smash cut at this point to Eric trying to force the bog beast back into battle. The reason it's odd is because the ogre tries to shoot Bobby with the uh, medallion and Eric immediately jumps in front of him and defends him. And then it smash cuts to Eric with the bog beasts. Yeah. It just felt like a really weird, like there was no indication that Eric had moved or traveled or time had passed. They're having none of it though. They've just seen, they've literally just been decimated by the ice blast. (laughs) They're just like, no, 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 (laughs) this is you. This is all you. But meanwhile, the ogre scares, yeah, he basically scares everyone into retreat. But Presto is hidden behind a rock and he's like, okay, now's my time. I'm going to use some magic and it's going to pay off. So then he just goes, abracadabra, hocus pocus, etc., etc. <laughs> which which made me, me. Try, yeah, it really I wonder t- why his spells don't work. <laughs> He's not putting in all He's just half assing it. <laughs> but he pulls out a frisbee. Which again made me chuckle. And uh, yeah. he's like, oh, perfect. I don't need that. Just throws it away. And it immediately spanners in, as a, a, a wrench in the works of the. Uh, the, the, what the is smithy. the frisbee made of? It's literally a Captain America vibranium. <laughs> yeah, shield. look a bit like Which, the did shield. Marvel have yeah. a, did Marvel have a hand in the animation of stuff of this? I don't know. Because it is actually red, white, and blue as well. It is, yeah. I don't and know. Yeah, you're right. It just it gums up the works and the fucking mill house practically explodes. It's <laughs> so good. No, it does actually explode. Yeah. It blows up the dam. Yeah, because it, 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 it chocks the watermill and it just blows up the full dam, which is great because it restores the river uh, back. And we immediately see the river floating upwards. Like, it's basically got an upwards waterfall. Yeah. It, which is not raining upwards. That's the, yeah, those but we, two different we already things. know you can't trust Dungeon Master's fucking Wisdom Owl sugar cookie fortune cookie riddles. So it's like, this doesn't surprise me at all. So we go back to the ogre. As the river starts flowing upwards, the ogre has the beasts beat, the bog beast beaten, and he's captured Sheila and Bobby and Uni. And the rest of the team want to go and help. And Eric has a little hesitation. He's like, but, but, but the river. 60 seconds. 60 seconds, guys. But he eventually goes in with uh, Diane Hank to, 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 to save Bobby and Sheila and Presto. And Diane goes to attack as Hank is providing cover. And she manages to acrobat her way up and get the medallion from uh, Kaoramon, who, once the medallion is removed, immediately just turns into a bog beast. So is is this like some self-loathing shit here? (laughs) Yeah. It's like he hates himself so much that he just hates the bog beast. (laughs) This guy's got some deep-seated psychological issues. I'm just saying he needs a therapist. Yeah. I'm imagining it's not hard. I imagine it's not easy, I should say, to find a therapist in a world like this. So, I mean, to be fair, people make slaves of people. Mm. <laughs> you know, the same people. So, as this happens, I can't remember if it's Sheila or Diane. I think it might be Diane who's like, well, if this turned a bog beast into Caravan, into an ogre, it, this medallion should turn you back into you, Eric. And so they grab the medallion, but time is running out on the... They, they've now got 30 seconds. Yes. So... Reverse mm. log flume. I love it. They get on a log, <laughs> yeah. an actual log. They get on a log in, in the water and they ride it up the waterfall. As they surface from the water, they're in a lake by the carnival. They're, ho- they're, they're actually home. home. They're actually back in normal world. And Eric is still a bog beast. He puts the medallion on and nothing happens. 
and the team are like oh no what we, you can't stay here and eric's like no i can't so he goes back through into, yeah, they're like the portal. You've only got ten seconds. To you go need back to go. And yeah, see if it works. So he goes back through the portal, back into the world of Dungeons and Dragons, and the team, the team is still there. Going, will he be all right? Who knows? And we cut back to Eric, and it, it's kind of leading you to believe, like, oh, they've they left him behind. Have they just, you know, left him to fend for himself? And it, it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't have surprised me if they no, did. No, not at all. Yeah, like, <laughs> completely. He'll be fine. I He's think got he'd be the, better off without the log people now. He'll be good. We cut back to Eric climbing out of the river and he's like, oh no, what's my life going to be like here as a bog beast? And just then as that happens, the rest of the gang surface from the river and they're like, we wouldn't leave you here by yourself. We just let you think we would for a brief moment. <laughs> we just wanted you to suffer. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, did- we had a poll and nobody wanted to be the victim of our bullying, so we thought we'd come back to you. <laughs> Just as just as that ha- just as they come back, Eric just turns back to normal, and the medallion suddenly works. And then DM appears and explains that the key. Well, Diane first goes. Of course, the thing that Eric hates the most is this world, and that's it's when so wow. unutterably yeah. cruel. <laughs> and then Dungeon Master appears and is like, "Yes, the key to this magic amulet's power is this world. Uh, it, that's why it did not work when you put it on back in your own world. So if he'd have just put this round his neck as they were on the yeah. log flume, all good. Mm. It's true. And then, but you've got to keep your hands and arms in the vehicle at all times <laughs> when it's moving. And, <laughs> and then the other pro- the other thing is, my next next thing is just wait here for a year." Yes, yeah, just come back out here for a year. Exactly the same thing. Hang out with the bog bog beasts. They're super cool. They fish, you know. They like you. you, There's no danger here. Yeah. Just a year. Although although at the very end, one of them does say like, oh, we're really sorry. And he's like, what, sorry, I didn't make it home. And they're like, no, no, sorry that you're so ugly. Yeah, (laughs) to Eric, yeah. (laughs) So they've got jokes. Just chill with the bog Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Easy win. They've clearly been in Dungeons and Dragons world for a few years as well. Yeah, like, what's one more year living with some simple folk going to do? I'm amazed that none of them, none of them even, well, we know why, not the writers didn't, could, but like, just logic. I think even, because I remembered this episode from being a kid. Yeah, And I, I remember yeah. thinking the same thing when I was a kid. <laughs> this is not like yeah. high intelligence logic to think, just, just hang out for a year, you'll be fine. Definitely. I, I even thought at the end of this episode, like, you know, at least pr- I would have thought Presto would have just stayed up in the real world. Mm. Yeah. Because he obviously has no love for Eric at all. No. Maybe even Diana too, actually. Like, I don't no, know. No, Diana fancies Eric. Yeah. I think that's the source bit, of her bullying of Eric. But like Sheila taking Bobby back mm. is just irresponsible. I mean, Maybe... she's a sister, but that's guardianship. That's totally irresponsible. Maybe Presto. No uni in this episode, actually, weirdly. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Like he's, she, he's there, but no, not really. Because I mentioned this in the uni episode where they got on the portal. If uni's there, then they can never go back. Yeah. Because they'll always just choose to leave uni there. Yeah, uni was just conveniently absent for a lot of the she turns into a depressed horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she was in the Valley of the Unicorns in this episode, frolicking. No, she's there for parts of the episode, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, because when they're hacking through the underbrush. She's and, there, yeah. Uh, and when yeah. they get, like, because when they get captured by her and it's her and Bobby that get yeah, captured by the golem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. yeah. You're correct. They just quietly shelve her. Yeah. <laughs> like, shh, shh. So, yeah, I, I thought it was, again, a good three. I, I'm surprised at how much I am enjoying this, given oh, they're great, given yeah. that it is, it, it's probably the most aimed at children thing that we've watched thus far. 
I think because I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons so much over the last couple yeah, of years, yeah, I think that's why I'm getting a real deep appreciation for it. A love and appreciation of the source material, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, just style and stuff, mm, man. The, the, just the valley, this, the one with the wolves and stuff, was amazing. Yeah. Like, like the, the comedy as well is not too like it's it's very cartoonish comedy, but it's not terrible. There's nothing slapstick no. about it. No, there no. is slapstick no. stuff about it, but it all works because it's balanced, and because it's yeah. just juxtaposed with actual peril. And I think as well, one of the things that works for this show really well is the fact that the peril, the stakes are always really high, and it's a lot more peril yeah. than you would typically see in a cartoon of this era. Well, I it's think this almost got cancelled after peril. the first season because parents Satanic thought panic. about that. Yeah. Like, yeah, they thought it was too, like dangerous and aggressive as well mm. like too violent as a cartoon i can see that i Sorry. mean like the the obviously venger is a very scary villain you know oh uh, yeah like, venger yeah, yeah. tiamat mm. and and it's like when the good things happen they're not like super super good it's just like oh yeah we survived by yeah. the skin of our teeth. yes we survived you didn't yeah, die exactly yeah, yeah it's not like oh at the end great things have happened celebratory it's always like oh we've just made it through mm. we've you know we had an opportunity but we missed our way back home but at least we're alive yeah 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 dark shit dark shit but then you know D has even D of the game has the potential to be real dark intense oh, yeah, at times definitely. the uh the only limit is your imagination mm -hmm. i am genuinely like terrified of like character death at some point as a, as well, a first time DM, happened, I've never done it before, and it, it could happen. So it right? happened in our in in our like third session. Yeah. Uh, what we were uh, during oh the God, during the prison. Well, it, during the prison break, uh, one of our friends, uh, it was a Gabriella's character, mm. wasn't he? A Manny. He, like, there were giant spiders, and he, as we were escaping, he fell into the spider web and got eaten by a spider. Like just completely decimated, and we were all like shocked and horrid. But it turns out, um, uh, Gabrielle had been talking to our DM Paul, and he wasn't happy with his character and wanted to re-roll it. So they'd arrange oh, nice. for him to ki get <laughs> yeah. killed off. And oh, yeah. there's none of that we going in my campaign. Everyone's like, we love our characters, yeah. we love the party <laughs> dynamics. I'm like, but my campaign's like quite a meat grinder mm. as written, and like I don't want to change it too much. Mm. But like, it, you know, accidents happen as well. Yeah. You've got to make it challenging and risky. Hey, it's boring. And if, just, so, you know, those natural ones happen, and sometimes those natural yeah. ones just they are death i think sometimes the only thing that's really saved me is i'm a ranged fighter because i've done some really terrible roles but i personally am out of danger so yeah like, it's fine uh but wait until you're surrounded at some <laughs> yeah, point yeah it's gonna happen. happen yeah i mean i you, you've seen my combat style it's uh very much a balls to the wall whatever will be will be yes very aware because mm. <laughs> i like i love my character but i'm also like i i i really try to rp my character so if i if i'm in a fight where it's fight or die i'm gonna fight until i die. like like my life yeah. depends on it and if i die yeah. in the process I'll be like, the character yeah. even in battle I yeah think that's totally fair and you know it's like what if my options are i my character's thing is like if my options are if i'm gonna die i'm gonna go out fucking swinging and take as many fuckers with me as i possibly can that's that's definitely my character's mentality so yeah it means that i do skirt that line of like my, my character could die quite quite easily that could happen but that's I think that's the game. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the game. I Definitely. think without that fear of ge that genuine fear of death, or if you feel like your DM's always going to be safety netting you, it takes away some of the 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 fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. need to have that constant fear of death there. That's the just like way. in the Watch cartoon. The cartoon. Yeah. Watch the cartoon. Play the game. Like fear death. yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. Eat, sleep, RP, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, hope you guys have enjoyed these uh, next three episodes of 
Dungeons and Dragons. We'll be back again with some more of the same. And uh, apparently in the future, the the Hippogriff Index. <laughs> I've got an idea about this. We'll talk about it. Okay. Come. <laughs> so yes, uh, until next time, stay safe, adventurers. <laughs>